Spiritual giftings is a topic that I believe all Christians should know and understand. Pay close attention to what Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. In this passage, Paul explains to Christians that he does not want them to be ignorant about spiritual giftings. So let me explain to you what they are. When someone has saving faith in Jesus, the Holy Spirit enters that person and that person becomes the new temple of God as seen in 1 Corinthians 3.16. And as the Holy Spirit dwells within a person, he manifests himself by giving supernatural giftings or talents to them, also known as spiritual gifts. And these gifts are kind of like proof that God is living inside of them. The reason why he gives these gifts is found in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 4-7 to that reads, There are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same Spirit is the source of them all. There are different kinds of service, but we serve the same Lord. God works in different ways, but it is the same God who does the work in all of us. A spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. So Paul explains that there are different kinds of gifts, but they all originate with the Holy Spirit. And these gifts were given so that Christians can help each other. And 1 Corinthians 13 tells us that spiritual giftings should be used in love. Because without love for one another, these special talents become empty and worthless. So I would also caution on you being prideful about your gifts, because gifts are given to serve others, not to boast over our own talents. So if you're a believer and have faith in Jesus, you have the Holy Spirit dwelling within you. And that means you have at least one spiritual gift and you can be given more than one. Please note that you don't get to choose your gift. It's one that God gives you. So it's your job to identify which ones you have. And the way that you find them is by praying and asking God what gifts you have and by serving God's people and feeling which spiritual gift your heart feels most inclined to do. And before we go over every spiritual gift, please know that in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, the church, or God's people, is likened to a human body, each with its different parts. And in the same way that body parts have different functions and jobs to perform for the body, each person in the church has different giftings that were given for the purpose of uplifting and building up their brothers and sisters in Christ. And I do need to say this, the topic of spiritual giftings is one that is debated in church, but in no way is it a reason to fight or divide over. We can agree to disagree on spiritual giftings, but I would argue that every Christian should know their giftings so that they can not only serve God's people, but also so that they can have a sense of belonging because they'll know what they were made to do for God's kingdom. That said, here is a complete list of all the spiritual giftings. The gift of prophecy is to speak forth the mind and heart of God. These words may be to encourage, comfort, challenge, or strengthen God's people. And because God is outside of time, possessing this gift may lead to one having the ability to predict future events through visions or dreams. Possessors of this gift are able to proclaim divine revelation and can prophetically reveal what is hidden. The gift of miracles is exactly how it sounds. It is the ability to perform supernatural miracles and miracles can include changing the weather or other acts that defy natural laws. The gift of evangelism is the ability to proclaim the good news of salvation effectively so that people respond to the claims of Christ in conversion. Having this gift involves having a burden for the lost, an understanding of scripture, and an ability to provide a clear presentation of the gospel. The gift of tongues is the ability to speak in another language that you don't know. One who possesses this gift sounds fluent and may speak in an older dialect. 
The words that are spoken are spoken for personal edification and enlightenment. And this is the only gift that is not always for the edification of the church. For more information, read 1 Corinthians chapter 14. The gift of interpretation of tongues should be paired with tongues. If a church member speaks in a tongue, there should be a calling for an interpretation. Those who possess this gift are not people who have studied that language. They are people who are given the translation of that tongue directly from the Holy Spirit. The gift of healing is the ability to heal physical ailments to the body. I would also argue, though, that this could possibly include the healing of the soul. Why? Because Jesus didn't just come to heal the physical ailments of man, but to provide emotional and spiritual comfort for the weary and downtrodden. The gift of pastoring is to be gifted with the heart to care for, guide, guard, and provide for God's flock. It involves having the ability to teach, and those with this gift are concerned with lifting up the church. The gift of teaching can overlap with the gift of pastoring. Every pastor must be a teacher, but not every teacher is a pastor. Those who have the gift of teaching commit themselves to God's word and can communicate the word of God in a way that's easy for people to understand. The gift of leading is to have the ability to inspire others to the point of them following the leader willingly. Those who question if they have this gift need only to look behind them to see if others are following their example. And the direction they go must be planned through much prayer. The gift of service means to have the inclination or passion to meet the physical needs of the church. It involves having a heart to meet the practical needs of people. The gift of helps is very similar to the gift of service. The word helps implies undertaking a task on behalf of another or to take hold of someone in order to help. To have this gift focuses on doing a particular task to help someone else. The gift of faith is different from having saving faith. The gift of faith is supernatural faith that is willing to take incredible steps of faith. It characterizes itself in performing unusual deeds of trust. This person has the capacity to see something that needs to be done and to believe God will do it through them even though it looks impossible. The gift of discerning spirits is to have the ability to sense demonic presences or if a teaching or something is of God. The gift of showing mercy is different from having mercy. People who possess this gift involve them having an extreme expression of mercy. They feel moved to comfort, help, or alleviate the distress of certain people that most people may not care for or overlook. It would involve them showing compassion and willingness to help the poor, sick, troubled, and suffering people. And this compassion is shown with cheerfulness and their service done with gladness. The gift of exhortation is to have the ability to appeal to someone and to have the right words to say to an individual that is hurting. These people can encourage, console, and comfort in times of distress. The word exhort means to come alongside to help. The gift of giving is the unusual ability and willingness to share one's material goods with others. The one who has the gift of giving shares his goods eagerly and liberally. The gift of administration is the ability to steer and guide with great powers of organization and vision. They are able to lead and rule well, and they also possess the ability to identify the strengths in others and are able to assign the right people to the right job. The word of knowledge is to have the ability to possess knowledge that wouldn't be known unless it was given by God. 
Specifically, it is information about another person or situation that is given directly by God that would not have been known otherwise. The word of wisdom is to possess supernatural wisdom that is able to diffuse conflict and provide clarity. It can also involve teaching wisdom that you yourself did not know prior to God's revelation. When it comes to the gift of apostleship, some may argue that this gift is no longer in use today because it was only needed when the church began. The word apostle means messenger or one who is sent. And for those who believe that the gift of apostleship is still active, they believe that those with this gift possess all the necessary skills needed in order to establish a church or start new ministries. These individuals have a passion to plant churches in unreached places and can lay a proper foundation for new believers and future church leaders. Okay, so here's a list of all the gifts that were mentioned in the video and my prayer is that God leads you to know which ones that you have so that you and the people around you can be blessed. And once you find your gifts, exercise them and use them regularly for God's kingdom, His glory, and His people. And as you use them, may you always remember, Jesus loves you. Amen. Well, we always use some sort of video most of the time because a lot of our kids pay attention to the videos. <laughs> so we often use those to kind of back up what we're teaching, but then we do teach. We don't just watch videos. So um, I hope that you learned something in that. So um, before I get started on our sermon for today, I just want to cover a couple things that um, maybe some of you don't know about, maybe some of you do. But a few things happen here at Grace Point for children outside of Sunday services. We have Sunday services for the kids from the babies all the way up through sixth grade each and every Sunday. Outside of that, we have a group called RISE, RISE is our fifth and sixth grade youth group. They meet twice a month on the first and third Wednesdays. We do it on the same night that youth group is so that they're building a pattern and a community to just seamlessly then move into our awesome youth group. Um, we just recently, last month, started a group for our third and fourth graders called GLOW. Um, I love to read, I love books, and um, there are so many great books that the kids never encounter um, that are written by Christian authors. Um, they're fantastical, they're fiction, um, but they're written by people who believe what we believe. And so once a month, the first Wednesday of every month, we have started this group. So both of those groups are meeting actually this Wednesday. So if you have a third grader, fourth grader, fifth grader, or sixth grader, get on our website, check out the times. We'd love to have them there. Also, every single Tuesday, we have prayer fort for children. Um, this is probably one of the sp most special times that we have. It's a, it's a small group, but we are developing prayer warriors. Um, these kids are learning how to go to God with everything, how to uh, pray for one another, how to um, just everything surrounding prayer. And we've also been throwing in a little bit of apologetics. We've just uh, gone through a book uh, called How Do I Know Christianity is Really True? And so we're just looking at the evidence that there is that Jesus was to count down to when Christ arrived. Um, 
Not that that was really the date, <laughs> but to celebrate it, we just want to do something special with families, so you can register online for that too. Next, I want to just say, I'm up here, and I'm so glad that there's been other parts of our team up here and working, and let me tell you, none of what happens for the children here at Grace Point would happen with just one person. It is impossible, right? So if you are part of our team, would you please stand up? Um, I know a whole bunch of them are here. I just want to tell you we are so, so grateful for you. I have to say, these if you see somebody wearing a G-Kids shirt, give them a hug. Say thank you. They just pour into these children. They are just so dedicated, so faithful, and um, it really makes God's work just happen to have that many people. And I will say, just like Margaret said earlier, we need more. <laughs> so if during this time that God just laying on your heart, maybe I need to be involved with the children here, with the next generation of Grace Point leaders. Let's be honest, I pray um, daily over them that God would raise them up to lead this church and lead other churches. Um, so if you want to be a part of that, please come see me or Margaret, go online, fill out an application, get that application to us, and we would love you to be a part of our team. So, thank you. <laughs> well, I absolutely love the opportunity to share with you every year to bring children's service right here to you. I think it's important. You know, sometimes we send our kids off, and yes, they are being taken care of extraordinarily well. We have a lot of fun, but yes, we are teaching them the Word of God. And... Um, but it's great to have them sitting here with their parents and the adults and to see kind of what happens in here and who's in here. <laughs> um, I dearly love each and every child that walks through the door here. And I love this church family. And I'm sorry I'm getting choked up. But I love this church, and I love the church. And um, I am just so blessed and honored that God allows me to do this. Um, and I'm very humbled by, giving this by being given this opportunity this morning. Um, but I'm excited to share this morning about what God's word says about the body of Christ, us. And I loved that so many kids knew the Bible verse. That was not a setup. <laughs> we, <clears throat> we've been doing the same Bible verse for almost two months. This was the last time for the last two months to say it. So does my heart good that so many memorized this scripture. Um, but we focus on a theme for a certain period of time. Sometimes it's a month, sometimes it's two Sometimes it's even been three, depending on the topic that we're talking about. And since the start of September, we've focused on spiritual giftings. And the title of the series has been, You've Got Talent. Um, and I've asked the children if they like gifts. And everyone raised their hand. 
So I'm going to ask here, who likes gifts? Right? Okay. Um, we're coming up to Christmas. It's 57 days away. Woo! I know. And I know some are already putting together their Christmas list. Um, and, you know, we all love gifts. And if you didn't raise your hand, you probably didn't hear the question, but that's okay. But we like gifts because God loves giving us gifts. And he created us that way. He created that within us. Um, I really see God's hand in the timing of today's message that I get to share with you this very last part of the series that the kids have been going through. Today's message is how each of us is to use our spiritual gifts. God has given us such a beautiful picture of his working in us individually and collectively. Um, he gave us this image, the human body, like we saw in the video. We all have one, right? Yeah, it's not perfect, but we have one, and then we can easily relate to what God is looking to convey to us through what, what we work or what works and what physically, you know, we work with this body every day, and we have a physical body. You never fully realize how much you use a body part until you can't. Mm-hmm, I know. Um, some of us older kids are shaking our heads, yes, because we know the truth of this statement. Um, for this morning, I want to take our hands. Now, not the one that you use easily, okay? For most of us, that would be our right hand. Um, but... For me, I'd raise my left hand. So raise up your non-dominant hand, okay? Not the one you use all the time, all right? Imagine you've hurt your hand. Maybe it's in a cast. This should be no big deal, right? It's not the hand you use the most. Wrong. Put your hand behind your back. Now, what things would become difficult? With only one hand. Hmm. Can anybody tell me? Tying your shoes. That's right there on my list. I, I don't know how you do that. I'm sure some people who maybe have one hand have figured that out. I think it would take me a while. I think I'd be going for Velcro. But yes, tying your shoes. What else? What else would be hard to do? Huh? Putting a coat on, absolutely. That would, be, that would be really hard. You'd have to have some people helping you or, I don't, swing it around. I don't know. That would be hard. How about clapping? Right? Doesn't work quite the same way. Yeah, I guess you could do this. What about picking up a baby? Right? That could be hard. I mean, I'm sure people figure it out if they've ever not been able to use their arm. But God gave us two. Okay, everybody, bring your arm back, right? Thank the Lord we have two arms. <laughs> um, but it would take such extra effort. I was even thinking, I don't know that I could use my phone. Like, I'm not like these teenagers. They just right? I can't do that. I need both hands. <laughs> My daughter laughs at me. But anyway, how about our nose, right? We don't realize until we have a cold 
how much our nose does for us. And we're moving into cold season. Raise your hand if you've ever had a completely stuffed up block nose, right? Ugh. Breathing becomes so much harder. You have to do it all through your mouth, and then your mouth dries out. You can't smell anything. You can't taste anything. Your nose certainly works so that you can smell and breathe, but it also affects your sense of taste. It's all connected. And that's why we're going, that's where we're going today. We are all connected. Tell someone next to you, we're connected. <laughs> Every part of our body has a purpose. We can get along if we're down a body part, like a hand or a foot or an eye, even a kidney, but it makes life so much more challenging when one or more of our body parts is not available to us or isn't working well. As our memory verse says, just as our bodies have many parts, each being gifted to a different purpose, the church is made up of many parts, each gifted for a different purpose. God needs all of us to play a part so that his church can be fully functional right here and now and impacting the world around us and ultimately bringing glory to him. So our next part is something we do every week in junior church. The kids, you've got, some of you got lollipops for your Bibles today. The kids are rewarded. We do coasters at church. Every child who comes to us gets a bank account. We have pop-up shops where they can spend their money in their bank account four times a year. This week you got lollipops. But we use our Bibles. They bring them, we use them. So we're gonna do a sword drill. Yeah, I know, they're excited. I love that, all right? So um, part of making God's word fun is making it a challenge, right? So what we're gonna do is if you brought your Bible today and it really only counts with our physical Bibles because doing digital is too easy, all right? And we wanna teach the kids kind of where to find things in a physical Bible. So raise your Bibles up. All right, I'm going to say the Bible reference, the scripture reference, and you're going to repeat it after me. We're going to keep our Bibles, it's also calisthenics, you know, no, I'm kidding. Um, we're going to keep our Bibles up until I say draw your swords, all right, because the word of God is our weapon, is our sword, all right? So the first one who stands finding the scripture, not a lot of flip any pages once you stand up, um, will win a lollipop. Thank you, team, for doing this. All right, so today we are going to 1 Corinthians 12, 1. Say that with me. 1 Corinthians 12, 1. Draw your swords. I know, it's always a race. We've got some competitive people amongst us. <laughs> Tyler's our winner. Oh, we got another one. Okay. <gasps> All right. Well, my notes are in big lettering. My Bible is not, so I'm going to put on my glasses to read this. So we're going to go through most of 1 Corinthians 12. I think it's so very important that we hear this and we understand this. 
So I know we heard this in the video, but it says, now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be uninformed. If you are a Christian, a follower of Christ, you need to know about this. So we know from the get-go, we need to be informed. So let's keep reading. You know that when you were pagans, you were led astray to mute idols. Um, however you were led. Therefore, I want you to understand that no one speaking in the spirit of God ever says Jesus is accursed, and no one can say Jesus is Lord except in the Holy Spirit. Now there are varieties of gifts, but the same spirit. And there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them in everyone. Now, activities, like when I come across a word like that, I'm like, I want to learn more. And so I looked up this word, and it's a Greek word, and I found two different Greek words, and I'm like, I don't, I'm not sure which one it was, but this Greek word is the same word that we get the words energy, energetic, and energize. So it's um, a word of active and miraculous power, and it's used here very specifically. So I just didn't want to kind of rush past that when it holds so much weight to that one word. All right. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. Again, I'm going to stop here. So everyone who is a believer in Christ is filled with the Holy Spirit. Why? For the benefit of the church family, for our common good. There's, this is the reason that um, God sends his Holy Spirit to us. So eight, for one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, and to another the utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by one Spirit, to another the workings of miracles, to another prophecy, to another the ability to distinguish between spirits, to other various kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues, all these are empowered by one and the same Spirit, who apportions to each one individually as he wills. So we went through all the gifts these last two months with the kids. And I'm not, I, we don't have time. You needed to be in children's church to hear all of that. But really study those and, and just kind of learn more about each one of these gifts that um, are from the Spirit. So 12, for just as the body is one, I have a little bit of a different version, but this is the verse the kids memorized. For just as the body is one and has many members, all the members of the body, though many, are one body. So it is with Christ. For in one spirit we were all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I don't belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I don't belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would be the sense of hearing? 
If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them as he chose. Are many parts, yet one body. Oh, as it is, there are many parts, yet one body. Where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. Nor again, the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And on those parts of the body that we think less honorable, we bestow the greater honor. And on our unpresentable parts, we treat with greater modesty, which our more presentable parts do not require. But God has so composed the body, giving greater honor to the part that lacked it, that there may be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, we all rejoice together. I think that's such a funny picture that Paul is painting here for us, but with very real attitudes being called out. Body parts deciding that they don't need the rest of the body, I will be fine on my own, right? Not, none of us have ever said that or thought that. But, or are body parts not wanting to work with the rest of the body? I'm not going to do what I'm designed to do, so there. Just not going to do it. Each part of our body was created for a specific purpose. And we function best when all of our parts are present and healthy. The church is the body of Christ, and we function best when all of our parts, all of us, are present and healthy, functioning in the ways that God has uniquely, uniquely gifted each one of us. I'm going to finish with verse 27. Now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. God's desire for everyone who knows him, those who are his through the saving sacrifice of Jesus, to play their part in the body of Christ. Um, but many Christians have never really experienced or attempted using their spiritual gifts. The goal of the Holy Spirit's work in us is to always glorify Jesus and to build his nature and his character in us. To function in his gifts is to become more like him. This is our common DNA. We all function differently. We all look different. We work different. We accomplish different purposes.
Paul wrote this to the Corinthian church years and years and years ago. But it's so important for us today. So in my detective brain, I was like, hmm, I need to look up if there's any statistics on spiritual gifts within the church. Um, and I found some. <laughs> Unfortunately, they're about from 20 years ago. But um, I'm going to share the results with you nevertheless. Um, there is a growing number of adult Christians that are aware of spiritual gifts. They know they exist, yet they proclaim that God has not given them any. I was like, really? Okay. In a five-year span, back in 2005, I think it is, maybe 2003, in a five-year span, it went from 4% of born-again evangelical Christians to 21% believing that they had no spiritual gifts. So then it leads me to believe, well, where are we today? If in five years we went from 4% saying they didn't have to 21%, I'd, I'd be so interested to find out where we are today as a church in general. Um, this was according to George Barna. I don't know if any of you, if you, anybody knows statistics in churches. Um, he's the guy that we look at. Um, his message is usually uh, heart-wrenching, but it's good to have his statistics. But um, he directed the research, and the results pointed out that there is ample room for growth in people's knowledge and the application of spiritual gifts and then I'm going to quote him. He wrote this in his report. Imagine what might happen if nearly half of all believers had a clear and firm conviction that God had given them a supernatural ability to serve him in a specific manner. If more believers understood the nature and potential of that special empowerment, the global impact of the Christian body would be multiplied significantly. Do you think that would change our world? I do. I believe it would. That you knowing and functioning in your spiritual gift could ignite a movement of service and influence unlike anything we've experienced during our lifetime right here in Rockland County and beyond should get all of us very excited. I'm excited. I'm excited sharing this message because I really feel like if we can all lean into this, I, we can't even imagine what God will do. George Barner also states um, that um, if a Christian believe, oh, uh, that if you believe that there is such thing as spiritual gifts, but that you actually don't have one, that you've been left out, that this is not just inaccurate, but it's harmful for the, to the church. And as I read that, I just kind of pondered, I'm wondering if that's been missing in a lot of our churches in America today, that people do not know where they fit. They do not know that they possess spiritual gifts uniquely given to them. So your spiritual gift has been given to you for several powerful reasons. God gave you a custom-designed gift for your good and his glory. In a world where people are looking for identity, we hear this word like thrown around a lot, this is 100% the real solution. People are searching for who they are 
when their creator is the only one that has that answer. Spiritual gifts are the way to supernaturally meet the needs of people around you. Spiritual gifts energize the church. You are an important part of the impact that Grace Point can have beyond these doors. And when we properly use our spiritual gifts, we give the world a better picture of who God really is. Spiritual gifts are the main way to demonstrate the Spirit's power in our lives. Do you want to see the power of the Holy Spirit present and active in your life? Well, discover and develop your spiritual gifts. That will do that. And spiritual gifts make the church thrive. This is what just excites us. This is what we're here for. And I want to put a very practical and helpful tool into all of your hands today. Because I believe that if we all function in the giftings that God has given us, if we have every part working and functioning together, we will see the Holy Spirit move in a new and tremendous way here at Grace Point. There are spiritual gifts tests for everyone here today. The yellow one is if you are a child, which means under 18, this is for you. Take it home. It's a little shorter. <laughs> These are fun. No one's grading you. But it will help you discover what God has put in you and your spiritual gifting. Adults, the white one's for you. It's longer. It's thicker. But Please, if you don't know what your spiritual gift is, if you want to confirm what your spiritual gift is, I'm not going to say that this is, you know, no fail, but it gives you a really good picture of how God has wired you and what you can accomplish here. And when you identify it, it's easier to move in it. Okay? Um, so this is where... God has gifted you, and I'm going to go ahead and make a statement that the leaders and the pastors of Grace Point, are. we want to see you living into your talents and giftings that God has given to you. So don't just take this test and, oh yeah, I'm real good at this, right? Um, this is what the test said. Don't just take the test and leave it. Live into what God has for you. If you need help or you're like, I don't even know where to go with this, come, please, see one of the leaders or the pastors in the church, and we will help you. That is part of what we're here for, okay? Um, we want to see you again. Live out what God has planned and purposed for you individually, which will have an amazing impact on all of us. So I'm excited to see what God has in store for our church family. Are you? Yes. Amen. Well, thank you. Thank you for listening and for being a part. I do want to kind of open the altar as we're closing um, just to say if you want prayer, um, you're feeling maybe a little anxiety, like, oh, this is a big step, finding what I'm good at, and then I've got to do something about it. Come, pray. If you have no idea what we're talking about with spiritual gifts and Jesus is uh, dying on the cross for all of us, please come see us. We'd love to pray with you. Um, but thank you. But let me pray for all of us before we go.